Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon FXBG Public Radio or its sponsors. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the madman, your ever-lovable host. So uh, let's get right into it, shall we? So I have to thank the FXBG comedy scene. Those born in quarantine guys, you should go look for them over on Facebook. Uh, born in quarantine improv and the FXBG comedy scene. Because, uh, you know, once this uh, uh, crown virus <laughs> illness uh, happened, you know, everyone was still like, it's like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a creative comedian. I have to keep creating or else I die. And it's like, and as a writer myself and a person who needs to create in order to survive, uh, we were like, absolutely, let's help them out. And so uh, every Friday night, we put on a show here for you guys, an improv show uh, called The Board and Quarantine Improv, and it's done by the FXBG comedy scene. So I have, to, I have to give them a shout out because Jim Swanson last week said that the madman might be a genius. And um, he's, he's almost correct. He's like, I am definitely a genius. But, you know, since he kissed my ass, I have to legal, I'm legally obligated to return the favor. So there's a uh, of of the FXBG co- uh, comedy scene in the Born of Quarantine. Um, there's Jim Swanson. Uh, he's the guy who gave me the compliment. Thank you, Jim. But he's the one that looks like he might turn into a koala in the light of a full moon. So in case you need to know who these people are, uh, there's Pete Consiglia. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, he's the failed Tom Cruise clone. And then there's Brian Siegel. He's the successful J- uh, Kevin James clone. And then there's Scott Wharton. Um, he is he is the gestalt of the band Hanson. Uh, so sure to be be sure to check all of them out on social media. Um, I really like hanging out with you guys. I'm glad we uh, we do this show on Fridays. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for letting me hang out with you. And so you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. It's just I'm sunburnt right now on the back. So you know, just like a light padding would be better. And so I want to remind you that all of this is produced free of charge, courtesy of FXBG Public Radio. And I, I encourage you to go to patreon.com slash FXBG Public Radio and uh, drop us some bucks. You know, become, what do you call it, EK, like an as- associate producer? Yeah, something like that. You could become like an associate producer to, uh, to our shows here at FX, FXBG Public Radio. Hey, go over to patreon.com FXBG Public Radio. And please go over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio for three bucks a month. You can get access to all of our video content, everything that we have behind the paywall. You know, also, if you're an advertiser, you're interested in advertising on my show, you have that option as well on both Patreons, the FXBG Public Radio Patreon and the Shock Monkey Radio Patreon. So thank you very much. Look into that. Become a patron. We would appreciate it. At the very least, be sure to watch the uh, Born in Quarantine improv. It's a hoot nanny. So, I watched Community. You know that show? The show called Community? And I regret it. I regret it so much. So, I don't want to talk too much about the plots because the plots are always ridiculous. And it's, it's, I don't want to talk about the plots. I want to talk about the characters. So, let's talk about the main character. The main character is apparently the, this Dennis, Dennis Reynolds. I, I mean, what's his name? Jeff Winger. Yeah, so Jeff, Jeff Winger is a blatant douche nozzle and apparently everybody wants to fuck him which doesn't make any sense considering that everyone can plainly see that he is a douche nozzle and there's so many times when i've been watching this show and i'm just like somebody kicked the shit out of this prick and it never happens it never happens i keep expecting it to happen but it doesn't because no douche nozzles always come out on top and that's a little too real for me when i'm uh considering entertainment I know the douche nozzles always come out, come out on top. That's real life. I, I enjoy entertainment for the escapism. Anyway, who else is in this show? There's that 14-year-old girl named Britta. Um, she, yeah, I mean, she would be an attractive woman if she were an adult, but she's a 14-year-old girl, and I keep expecting her to run up the stairs, slamming the door, screaming, I hate you, and then blaring Evanescence music for the rest of the day. Wake me up inside. Oh, she is such a horrible person. And she would be gorgeous if she were... I know it's an actor. I know it's an actress. But that character, and I, you know, 
I'm sorry, that character is just so horrible. And of course, she wants to fuck that douche nozzle as well, which doesn't make any sense. It's almost like pedophilia when it comes to her mindset, her teenage mindset. Anyway, there's Abed as well. He's a Muslim with Asperger's who is OCD about everything except Islam. I've never seen this dude pray, okay? He has OCD about everything except his faith. So, and I don't know about you, but I haven't seen too many casual Muslims. All right, I'm not saying that, you know, he should be a terrorist. I'm not like Chevy Chase here or anything like that. What I'm saying is that uh, people who are Muslim tend to be pretty serious about it. You know, I, I don't see many uh, Seinfeld-like Muslims. It's like, yeah, I'm kind of Jewish. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it's, he's just weird. And there's far too many plot lines that revolve around him and his perspective. You know, and the only thing that it shows me is that Asperger's is definitely a disorder. And you probably shouldn't give a guy like that a writer's job or a director's job because otherwise you end up some, with some weird-ass episodes that take place inside a community college, which makes no sense. Okay, so there's only one real woman on the show and that's Shirley now Shirley um, of course no character can be a good person so she's a Christian and, and, it ha and it has to be portrayed as a condescending judgmental and annoying and uh, I don't know about you but I'm not that kind of Christian I may scream y'all need Jesus every now and then and drink a beer but you know we're all sinners I'm not gonna but it's like you know every single Christian has to be trade in a negative light but the muslim all of a sudden you know is oh he's the nicest guy ever ever he's just a little weird and never prays anyway and uh that the, there's the only attractive woman on the show annie and uh uh she has she crushes on that douche nozzle and so scratch her right off the list she doesn't matter anymore and let me let that be a lesson to you ladies um if you ever crushed on or with a douche nozzle, all the good men that know about you and know about him will never, ever, 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 ever get with you, okay? You need to move to another town because when you're attracted to a douche nozzle or you get with a douche nozzle, you lose all respect to men, men of, who are good men who are not douche nozzles. If you quit fucking the douche nozzles, there'd be no more douche nozzles within a couple generations. Idiots. Um, there's my favorite character, which is Troy. Troy's my favorite character, and he's the most likable person in the whole bunch. Uh, he's a jock, but he's kind of like, he can't be a jock anymore, got an injured, and so forth. And so he's now, now got to use his mind and, and stuff like that. And uh, I like that he can still connect and be besties with a guy like Abed. And um, in fact, I respect that. I respect that. And that's probably my, my favorite aspect of the show is Troy and Abed's. Uh, friendship, and I'm sure that if you like that show, that's probably your favorite part too, because it's the only kind of honest thing that's going on in the entire show is their friendship. It's a shame he uh, he left late late in the in the seasons there. I really like them. You case messing with the lights anyway. So, uh, and then there's Chang, and um, he should have been arrested and put in jail at some point in the first season, and I don't know why we have we've seen him since then. I mean, he should still be in jail, okay? And I don't know why this uh, character keeps popping back up and so forth. And I'll be honest with you, he is a super, super psychotic person. He's almost, almost, uh, almost as crazy. <sighs> There's no comparison. He's pretty, pretty damn crazy. There's no comparison. Anyway, and I lost respect for Ken Jeong for that role. All right. Uh, I don't know about you, but I saw that uh, special he did called I Love You Ho. And I was just like, that's brilliant. You know, and of course, his performances in the Hangover movies were excellent. His performance in Knocked Up was excellent. And uh, granted, he has the ability to do physical comedy, which uh, must come naturally to him because isn't he a doctor? Because you don't go to, go to get a doctorate in physical comedy, do you? Anyway, so, but I lost a little bit of respect for him in that role. And then there's Chevy Chase as Chevy Chase, being Chevy Chase. And um, I read somewhere that he had a lot of headbutting with other people in the show, uh, behind the scenes kind of stuff. And that, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, uh, Chevy Chase lately has really kind of 
burnt his legacy down. I mean, you get, you're talking about Fletch here. You know, you're talking about the Invisible Man. You guys remember the Invisible Man? That guy got so many movies back in the day, and he was very prolific. You know, he did. You know, uh, 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 mostly comedies, but there were more, um, you know, more dramatic moments in some of these films. You know, but these days, I don't know what you're doing, Chevy Chase. I'm just like, you used to be a genius. You used to be a genius. I'm trying to remember where he started out. He started out doing something, I saw, where he did this hand-walking thing. I can't remember the name of that movie. Anyway, I'm sure somebody will email me at madmanfxbgpr.com and tell me what I'm talking about. When he started out, he was a real genius. Um, and lastly, there's this guy named Dean. And I don't know if he's a student or he just runs a cosplay nightclub nearby, but he keeps showing up and, uh, damn, bro, come out with it already. You know, I don't know. He's always touching the douche nozzle. What's his name? Dennis Reynolds? Jeff Winger? He's always touching him and stuff like that. Just be out with it, you know? I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just uh, gay people who are still in the closet in 2020 and it's like what are you doing okay you can make an argument that he's bi or something like that and you know doesn't necessarily want to put it all out there and i'm fair enough i understand but jesus i don't want to think that much about the dynamics of a person like that in a group like that anyway i think community is rock bottom television entertainment three of 13 stars Watch something well thought out instead. <clears throat> so because I watched something shitty, I had to watch something good. And so obviously I watched Orgasmo, the brilliant film by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. You know who they are, the South Park guys. Anyway, first of all, on a side note, since I was just talking about uh, people living in the closet, you ever get the feeling that Trey Parker might be gay? I mean, I've seen a lot of their work, and if, you know, you put two and two together, it's like, I don't know if a straight man would make this. I don't know if a straight man would write the scene this way. And uh, I definitely get that vibe from the Orgasmo film, which I think is an ac excellent film. I think it's a really good film. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being gay. It's just, you know, be out with it anyway, you know? Okay, you could say he's at least bi. He's got a wife. He's got kids. But, you know, it's not the first gay man who had to suck it up and think of Rob Lowe to get a kid. That's what they think about, right? That's what I would think about if I were gay. I'd be thinking about Rob Lowe. Am I wrong? That's an attractive man. He's still attractive. <laughs> not that I'm gay. <laughs> Trey Parker. Anyway, uh, I think... I think um, Orgasmo is probably the best movie they ever made. And yeah, 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 Team America. And I think that the Team America is way overrated. Team America is the Beatles of Trey, uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. All right. Yeah, I think the Beatles are overrated. We could talk about that some other time. Email me at madman at Anyway, but I think that's the uh, Orgasmo is a real work of art. And I know that's it's, it's kind of weird to say considering the subject matter of the film because it is about... Uh, uh, this Mormon kid who gets caught up, uh, um, he beats up a bunch of, this pornographer is a bunch of his guards who attacked him for being a Mormon on his property. <laughs> and so uh, uh, he shows off his martial arts skills because apparently they teach that in Salt Lake City or something. So um, uh, Orgasmo is a work of art. It's a silly comic book movie. And um, so eventually... Um, Trey Parker's character, I forget what he's called in the Joe, Joe Smith or something like that. It's funny how the uh, Mormonism keeps coming up with these guys. It makes me wonder if uh, Trey Parker was raised Mormon. It's not like I'm going to do a Wikipedia search on the guy. I'm not gay. So, I mean, it's, um, I wonder if like, uh, if he was raised Mormon and that explains why he is in the closet. So, um, it's a really silly comic book movie in the sense that it's um, it's an absurd concept. It's like they're playing these characters, Orgasmo and Chota Boy, who uh, fight these evil porn villains and then everyone fucks their brains out. It's a porn movie. And there's all sorts of little jokes and stuff like that. Little, little punchy in-between jokes and stuff like that. But the entire concept is 
quite entertaining because it eventually comes to the point where you find out that Chota Boy is actually, he has a like doctorates in engineering and <laughs> he's like an evil scientist and he builds all these uh, contraptions for the movies and he, he actually went home and built the orgasmo ray, an array that you shoot at somebody and gives them an orgasm. Man, what an incredibly brilliant, less than lethal weapon that would be. Why has that technology not been invented yet? You shoot a gun at somebody, it has, makes them have an orgasm. You wouldn't have to kneel on anybody's neck ever again. Just like, Ugh! they come and then while they're relaxed and stuff, you cuff them. That'd be a brilliant non-lethal weapon. And so I think that's why I love it is because uh, uh, these are average guys, well, with not so average jobs, you know, working in porn and so forth. But um, they find out that they're... Um, their boss is part of the, you know, he's he's a shady guy. Who would have thought that a guy who run who makes porn movies is a shady guy, he's in in deep with nefarious characters? Who would have thought? Anyway, you find out that he uh, he made this device, and so they find out that his boss is bad, and so they decide to actually become Orgasmo and Choder Boy for real, and they go and fight crime. But the point is, is that they're fighting real, real bad people. I mean, in, in the sense that they, these are, it's not supervillains they're fighting. It's actual criminal elements you find in the world. You know, shady porn dealers who, uh, <laughs> who never pay anybody, you know, and work with, work with uh, shady types, nefarious types. These are real, real, real evil people. And, you know, I know that these, uh, the Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they have a way of looking at everything and trying to find the funniest way to cram pack everything into a movie. And, and that's great, you know. I really love the whole concept of a wide-eyed, idealistic, and religious, religious um, protagonist in the world of adult filmmaking where the CD uh, and the CD underbelly of Hollywood. And I think that even Sancho could write jokes in that kind of setup. All right. Look, super Christian guy shoved all, you know, wide eyed into the into the porn world. Write jokes. It I mean, it basically writes itself. But I mean, it's. I'm just saying it's, it's very fertile soil where shitty jokes can flourish. And what I mean is that, you know, uh, what I mean is it's an excellent movie. I love it. I think it's great. There's tons of tons of great jokes. Um the entire concept is ridiculous and fun, and it's it's a great movie. I love Orgasmo. Eight of 13 stars. It's really damn good, but the visual misdirects are off-putting for straight men. The subject matter is off-putting to squares and Mormons, and the stage combat is stiff and obvious. My top three Trey Parker, Matt Stone movies, Orgasmo, number one. Number two is Basketball. Great film. And number three, Team America, World Police. It's not that great. I didn't like Team America. Team America, World Police, it's a, uh, there's a, uh, the sex scene with the puppets, it's like that was unnecessary. The unnecessarily, unnecessarily long puking scene, unnecessary. Blowing up all that pot in the Panama scene, unnecessary. Just smoke it like everybody else. I, I think I read somewhere when they did that scene, like a whole bunch of people came down when they're going to blow up all the pot plants they put in that scene. It's like all the cops showing up to destroy the, the marijuana. They all gather around the bonfire, just, yep, making sure it's destroyed. Yep, it seems to be destroyed. Oh, it's destroying us good. Anyway, you want to talk about uh, dolphins for a minute? Let's talk about dolphins. So do you know that some dolphins sleep with half their brain? They'll put like half their brain to sleep, half one hemisphere to sleep, and the other one will be active and in charge. And vice versa. All right. And while doing research for this bit, you know, I found out a lot of interesting things about dolphins and how they how they sleep. Um, dolphins in captivity, they'll sleep their uh, they'll rest their whole brain, and they'll have a reflex that like pushes their they uh, flick their tail fin and it pushes their head above water so they can keep breathing. And, uh, you know, but only in captivity. It's funny. It's like pigs that are in captivity, they won't grow tusks. But if you let them, if they go out in the wild, they will grow tusks. It's interesting. 
like uh, animals in captivity and animals animals in the wild are vastly different, and it's very weird. <laughs> animals are weird. I even read that there's a dolphin that uh, lives in freshwater rivers, and because they live in such fast uh, fast moving water environment, they'll <laughs> they'll uh, they'll nap in like five second to sixty second intervals. In the fast-moving water, where they'll just like, be swimming, all of a sudden it's like nap time. <clears throat> they'll just shut off and drift down river for about forty-five seconds, and they wake up and it's like, oh, I'm all refreshed, <laughs> back at it. It's a crazy world we live in, I tell you. Anyway, but I want to talk about the dolphins who sleep, resting half their brains at any given time. So we all, I, I, it's, I think it's a really cool feature of the evolution of dolphin. But I mean, they are intelligent and social mammals. So I wonder if there would be different personalities for each dolphin, depending upon which hemisphere of the brain is in charge. For example, say that there's this dolphin named Eric. All right. And uh, Eric's right hemisphere is sleeping and the left side is in control. And three of his dolphin pals swim up and they say, hey, Eric, what are you up to? And Eric says, I ate nine small fish and surfaced for 11 at 11 for air at 11 times today. You are not swimming in an organized formation. And his friends would say, oh, hell, Eric's left brain is in control. We'll see you in a few hours, bro. But now flip it. Say that Eric's left, uh, Eric's left brain is sleeping and Eric's right brain is in control and his friends swim up. Eric may say, uh, <clears throat> Eric may say, oh, oh, man, I held my breath and swam down as far as I could. And then I swam back up and I'm looking at the light coming through the water. And I thought, damn, what a beautiful world we live in. Hey, you want to hang out on the surface and do twirling and flap our fins on the water? And so it makes me wonder if right-brained Eric the Dolphin would be more fun than left-brained Eric the Dolphin. <laughs> it's just a random name I picked out of a hat, I swear to God. So I just wonder, it's like maybe one side of the brain is, is more aggressive than the other side of the brain. Do you think maybe the left side of the brain is in control? that it'd be more, more, more aggressive, or maybe if the right side of the brain is in control, then they're more likely to be attacked by predators or, th or other threats because they're too stupid. <laughs> they don't have no sense of order. All right, and of course, dolphins also have, and I, I wonder if maybe they have like separate personalities for each, each hemisphere of the brain. It's like, I'm Tom, I'm Tom, I'm the left, left, left hemisphere part of Eric. <laughs> I almost said EK. But it's not... I'm not talking about EK. I'm talk it's just a random name I picked out of a hat. Okay, so perhaps, but there are times when, when these dolphins, dolphin, is dolphin already plural? I don't know. When these dolphin, um, both hemispheres are their brain, of their brains are lit, uh, lit up. So is that like a third personality? You know, a more balanced personality? Um, perhaps there's a dolphin named Scott the Dolphin. Different dolphin. And he's mostly liked uh, by other dolphin in his sleep states, no matter which side is in control. But they hate the Scott that has both sides of his brain firing off. Also, perhaps there's a gay hemisphere in the brain. All right. <laughs> All right. And say the left, Eric, Eric's left brain is in control. And when his left brain is in control, that's when he's full on Liberace gay. But when his right brain is in control, that is when he is straight as an arrow. And when his whole brain is active, that's when he just kind of has some bad memories, you know. And maybe, maybe these personalities don't even know what they do from each other, you know. Just like multiple personalities in humans where it's like the, uh, the other personality will have no knowledge of what happens when the, another personality is in control. So it could be that Eric the Dolphin uh, has his right hemisphere off and he's coming around and he's like going to other dolphin. And he's going like, hey, girl, get that blowhole over here right now, bitch. I'm going to fuck that Ooh, I got excited. I had to cough. But Eric's right brain has no memory of fucking that dude's blowhole. So left brain Eric the Dolphin is always saying, I would never do anything like that. And his friends say, I was there, dude. You fucked the air right out of that guy. He, he hung out on the surface like 20 minutes after. And then full brain, Eric the Dolphin, may, may have a fleeting memory, like a bad dream, if he remembered it at all. Like I said, these are names picked at random. They have no bearing on anybody 
whatsoever. Um, before we get into the second half of the show, I want to talk briefly about Jimmy Kimmel being like put on like hiatus and stuff like that. And just because of blackface and saying the N word years ago, you know, people canceling, you know, con with the wind and stuff like that. It's like, when does this stuff stop? I mean, does Robert Downey Jr. get a pass for Tropic Thunder? All right. Because I don't want you to cancel that movie because that is a hilarious fucking movie. All right. And Robert Downey Jr. in blackface in in character as a black man is the most hilarious part of that. Eh, Not the most hilarious. Jack Black on his drug addiction uh, and withdrawal. That was pretty hilarious, too. Speaking of Jack Black, he did blackface in a movie called Be Kind, Rewind. And it was done as a joke. He came out in blackface trying to portray Fats Waller, and the most deaf had to take him in the back and say why it's wrong to dress in blackface, and that was the joke. And his Jack Black's argument is like, but he's not even fat. <laughs> they both have a point, if you ask me. And what about Sean Young playing a transgender person in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective? Are you going to tell me? Are you going to tell me We can no longer watch Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, one of the funniest movies ever made because Sean Young is not actually transgender. She's actually a really hot chick. I don't know what it is. I think it's a symmetry in her face. She has a really, really symmetrical face. Anyway, I just, when does all this stuff stop? You know, canceling, canceling shows, canceling people for the past, you know, being obsessed with the past. Yes, there were horrible people in the past. That's why we put statues of horrible people up so we can remember how horrible they were. I'm sick of people tearing, tearing shit down. I'm sick of it. You know, all these people, all they want is to destroy. All they want is destruction. And that is because they are too stupid and impatient to create. Anyway, let's get into the news worth knowing. So Trump blasts weak state leaders for allowing removal of statues and historic monuments. Oh, that was kind of a good segue. Uh, Excuse me. President Trump blasted weak states for allowing the removal of statues and monuments and other images honoring Confederate soldiers, slave owners, and other controversial historical figures which have been torn down in states like Virginia and California, either officially or by the protesters themselves. The calls for the removal of the statues and monuments come, among, uh, come during a public reckoning over the country's past treatment of African Americans and other minorities. Trump made the comment, speaking with Fox & Friends host Brian Kilmeade in Washington, D.C. on Monday as part of a special on the history of the White House that will air on Sunday. Brief aside, you know, Trump pretty much only talks to Fox, and I don't, I don't, I don't like that about him. One of the many things I don't like about him. Uh, a clip of the interview aired on Fox and Friends on Tuesday. Before the clip aired, Kilmeade noted that more than 100 monuments and plaques have been taken down since May 25th. Everything from George Washington to t- Teddy Roosevelt, he said. During the interview with Trump, Kilmeade said, we're, we're in a war on history. He pointed pointed to the fact that there were calls to remove monuments and statues of former President Andrew Jackson in New Orleans. Without the battle in New Orleans, we're not the same country, Kilmeade said, which is true. That is true. That is true. Quote, I don't like it at all, Trump said in response. I don't like anything that's going on. I don't like it. (laughs) Dicking with you, Trump. Uh, Trump said he stopped the removal of statues and monuments from a federal level. I've stopped federal. I stopped the federal, but the states are a lot of the states are weak. A lot of people are weak and they're allowing it to happen. Trump continued. Then he pointed out that it's, quote, it's going over a little bit around the world. They want to remove statues of Gandhi. OK, all he wanted was peace and eh, to sleep with young girls. Uh, quote, they want to take down Ulysses S. Grant. And he's he's the one that stopped the Confederates. Right. So he was a great general. Nobody's stock went higher than his stock over the last 10 or 15 years. (laughs) Okay. God damn it, Trump. Uh, He spoke with Kilmeade on Monday shortly before a group of protesters attempted to pull down a statue of Andrew Jackson in Washington, D.C.'s Lafayette Park. The protesters were pushed back by police. 
Trump wrote on Twitter late Monday that numerous people were arrested in Washington, D.C. as protesters attempted to tear down the statue of Jackson and once again targeted the nearby St. John's Episcopal Church. Jackson, who has faced ire in the present day for a severe treatment of, the, of Native Americans, was the light, latest historical figure targeted by protesters demanding monuments and memorials of, to those of, with racist past be taken down. Earlier this month, Trump clashed with D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser over deploying federal forces in the city in order to protect government assets during the unrest in the wake of George Floyd's death in police custody. Kilmeade asked Trump during a, uh, Monday's interview, do you understand how you look at Thomas Jefferson, you look at George Washington, you look at James Monroe, at James Madison, the one thing they had, they were brilliant. They also had slaves. So how do we grow as a country but, but yet not forget our past? Who talks like that? But yet not forget our past. You have to understand history and you have to understand the culture and so many other aspects of our country and people can study that and they can hate it and let's all hate it, but you can't take down George Washington's statue, Trump said, noting that half of our country is named after Washington. That's true. Quote, we have to remember the heritage, the culture of our country, he continued. Trump also pointed out that he said uh, what he said is less important, but still very important. <sighs> Confusing, man. Quote, some of the things they are trying to destroy are magnificent pieces of art, Trump said. Have you ever seen an area where a statue was removed and you look at the area and they put blacktop over the top of it? They put asphalt over the top and that's the end and it is the center of town or the village and now the statue's gone and the whole village just looks like a different place. Anyway, Trump goes on and on and on about these statues being taken down. And you know what? Yeah. Yeah, the states, the states really dropped the ball in terms of law and order in their, in their jurisdictions. And this is a republic, and in many ways, the, the onus, or I don't know if that's right, the, the responsibility uh, falls on these governors, these mayors, who are allowing this stuff to happen. Now, unfortunately, Trump hasn't been doing a whole lot um, in either when it comes to these vandals okay i know that you're at the federal level you can def you can defend the federal parks you can zealously defend those that's fine but the purpose of the federal government is to pick up the slack when a bunch of hippy dippy mayors are allowing the like blocks of their city to be taken over by a bunch of homeless people excuse me protesters So, yeah, these states may be weak, but I'm sorry, Trump. You look weak, too, for dragging your feet on this. This has been going on for a while, and you should have done something by now. All right? If the states fail, that's when the federal government has to be. I know it's a legal nightmare. And the way that the people treat Trump and they'll treat the conservatives these days, I know it's, it's going to be a legal nightmare. But you need to maintain law and order. Anyway. Let's go on to the next story about NASCAR. This is a interesting story, to say the least. Uh, NASCAR gives Bubba Wallace show to, a show of support ahead of Geico 500 at Talladega. The NASCAR field gave a show of support for Bubba Wallace ahead of the Geico 500 at Talladega Super Speedway on Monday after a noose was found in his team's garage on Sunday. Yeah, I know. I got, the, I got the update on this story. All right. Uh, Wallace drove his number 43 Chevy Camaro uh, to the end of pit row, where he was embraced by his team owner, Richard Petty, who was the winningest driver in NASCAR history. Petty, 82, had not originally planted to planned to attend the race due to concerns about the coronavirus. The rest, look at all these people standing close together. The rest of the drivers and crew st uh, stood behind them and uh, during the invocation and playing in the national anthem, the race was postponed from Sunday due to the weather. So even even though there's no no race, there's all these people came out. A member of the Richard Petty Motorsports team discovered the noose in the team's garage stall on Sunday, and NASCAR informed the FBI, which has opened an investigation into the incident that is ongoing. NASCAR President Steve Phelps said, "Whoever is found to be involved in the act will be banned from the sport for life." Now, here's the thing. I've heard that, you know, there's a bunch of noose-like ropes that come down, like they pull down the garage doors and so forth. Someone could have cut one off or, you know, just a, a, a prank, certainly in bad taste, a prank in bad taste. But there's a lot of these cords. They look like, uh, they kind of look like nooses. 
It kind of looked like nooses. And it could have been a prank. I'm getting a little bit of a Jesse Smollett vibe because from this thing. And uh, I'll be honest with you. I I did a I wondered what Bubba Wallace's race was because <laughs> a name like that sounds like a white guy. And uh, I'm still not sure. I mean, he looks pretty white. I mean, Bubba Wallace, here we go. Yeah, I don't know. He could pat. Okay. There are some pictures where he looks like he's got a tan or something. And, you know, great. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he still looks like a redneck. I mean, I've, I've seen black rednecks and that. That looks like a black redneck. <clears throat> and there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit of a Jussie Smollett vibe from this story. Um, and all this pomp and circumstance, you know, the, you know, Geico 500, Talladega, you know, all these drivers, you know, Richard Petty. It was a Richard Petty. Who gives a shit about these idiots' names? Richard Petty. Richard Petty had to come out, and they all had to walk in solidarity. And it's like, yeah, racism is bad. But, you know, there's a lot of bullshit coming off this story. It's like, I don't know why you got a virtue signal like this. I really don't get it. Yeah, if that actually happened, that would be horrible. Unfortunately, I don't think NASCAR is as racist as people think. All right? I don't think America is as racist as people think. I smell a lot of BS coming off the story. Um, just uh, EK tried to correct me on the story, and I was just like, dude, I'm constantly following up on these stories at, during the course of the day, and uh, I, I agree with the Hodge twins. I smell hoax. You know who the Hodge twins are, right? They're hilarious. Don't know their names. It's the Hodge twins. How can you tell them apart? Twins are creepy, right? Anyway. So let's go on to this next story. Trump vows no autonomous zone in D.C. after protesters cleared. President Trump vowed Tuesday that what happened in Seattle will not take place in the nation's capital and that no such autonomous zone will be established in D.C. after protesters who attempted to set up such a space were cleared out the night before. Uh, demonstrators on Monday had blocked off an area that they called the Black House Autonomous Zone. Or Baz. <laughs> why are these why are these protesters so uncreative? Anyway, um quote there will be this is a quote from uh, Donald J. Trump. There will never be an autonomous zone in Washington, DC as long as I'm your president. If they try, they will be met with serious force. You missed a comma. Mr. President, uh, protesters also had defaced and attempted to tear down a statue of Andrew Jackson near the White House and the historic St. John's Episcopal Church, also called uh, often called the Church of the Presidents. It was vandalized with baths sprayed on its pillars. The uh, the efforts by protesters were similar to those in Seattle who carved out the Capitol Hill organized protest or CHOP in the city's Capitol Hill neighborhood more than two weeks ago. City officials announced Monday that steps are being taken to dismantle the cop-free area after a series of shootings and other violence within the area. You know about that, right? People getting killed, and now they're getting serious about it anyway. Assholes. Uh, quote, there's no place in Seattle that the Seattle Fire Department and the Seattle Police Par Department can't go, Seattle Mayor Je uh, Jenny Durkin said Monday. Durkin had previously faced criticism for saying that protests going on in the CHOP area could bring about a summer of love Earlier Tuesday morning, Trump warned protesters who field federal property, uh, who damage federal property, property, they could be arrested, arrested and imprisoned. In a Fox News interview, he criticized state leaders for not being as tough on those who seek destruction of historical monuments. And this quote I mentioned earlier, a lot of states are weak, a lot of people are weak, and they're allowing it to happen, Trump said. And I agree. And, you know, a lot of, um, there have been states, and I wish Trump would state the positive is that there have been some states and some uh, jurisdictions, mayors, governors, and so forth, who have not allowed other similar um, autonomous zones to pop up. Se uh, Seattle let it go, and the, I think the nation saw what happened in a bunch of other places said, no, 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 no. Because I think I, I just read a news story. I, I, is it? Yeah, I read a news story where um, just recently, like I said, I'm, a key, I'm constantly keeping up with the news, especially on Tuesdays. And so it's, um, I think I read that like business owners and people who um, uh, live in the CHOP zone, in the CHAZ, 
um, have hired private security to patrol the neighborhoods. And, you know, it shouldn't be like that. But unfortunately, I think society may move move that way if the government is going to continue to not have any teeth. All right, let's move on to this next one. Billion-dollar investment firm leaving Seattle amid unrest. Quote, unrest. Uh, the CEO of billion-dollar investment firm said his company is getting out of Seattle just in time as residents accuse Mayor Jenny Durkin of letting, excuse me, letting the city's so-called Capitol Hill organized protest get out of hand and turn deadly. Quote, the unrest has taken place in the city of Seattle. There is, there is really, there is really is not a downtown business community today. Smead Capital Management President and CEO Cole Smead told KTAR News on Monday. Smead Capital announced this, the decision to move to Phoenix's Camelback Corridor last week. They would rather face 120 degree plus temperatures than be in Seattle. Quote, my biggest concern for Seattle was what the business community is going to come back to and what kind of businesses are going to come back for customers, Smead told the KTAR News. Phoenix will offer Smead Capital employees a lower cost of living and better quality of life, Smead said. Durkin said Monday that city officials were working to break up the protest zone near Seattle's downtown after two shootings there this past weekend, one of them deadly. Meanwhile, area business owners and residents have been frustrated by the lack of pre- uh, police protection. Quote, I try- keep trying to wrap my hand- heads around the fact that we have no protection, and I've pretty much come to terms that we have no protection here. Auto shop co-owner John McDermott told KOMO News, Como News, after the shootings. Uh, McDermott said his business car tender was broken into and no officers responded earlier this month, June. You're going to see a lot of this, a lot of businesses leaving towns that are not policed, where the government are so hippie, so hippy-dippy, that they allow stuff like that to go on. You're going to see these businesses, is like, no, we're, you're going to let the streets be taken over by homeless people and uh, unemployed college graduates. <laughs> Everyone trying to get their SoundCloud to take off. Is that what they use when they make music, SoundCloud? Something like that? Like that dude Raz giving people guns? Anyway. Anyway, let's go across the pond. Let's go to Liverpool, shall we? Eight people arrested after partiers barricade themselves in an English pub during an illegal gathering. (laughs) Oh, boy. Eight people arrested after police shut down a legal gathering of over 100 people in a pub in England on Monday. Merseyside police received a call around 1230 a.m. that a group was inside the Britannia Hotel pub in the Vauxhall, Vauxhall, forgive me, England, of Liverpool, Sky News reports. The large group was reportedly blasting loud loud music and making a disturbance. According to the BBC, more than 100 merrymakers attended the illegal bash. England's pubs have been closed since late March amid the coronavirus health crisis. That's depressing. When law enforcement responded to the scene, some of the partiers barricaded themselves inside the pub, throwing beer and other objects at the police. That's not funny. Those police are trying to do their jobs. Seven men and one woman between the ages of 21 and 33 have been arrested for violent disorder and uh, uh, drug-related offenses. So they're like probably smoking pot in the building as well. Uh, Quote, this is appalling behavior and it saddens me to see officers being put at risk from these flouting government guidelines. Detective Inspector Phil Atkinson of the Merseyside Police said of the incident per the BBC. Quote, restrictions have been eased, but that by no means is, but by no means is this pandemic over, nor should we treat it like it is. Quote, if the government advice had been followed, we wouldn't have to attend this gathering and our resources could be uh, could have been better used elsewhere. He continued, I hope those who have both hosted and attended an event, uh, this event, think twice about their actions and will avoid these gatherings in the future. The pub's license has also been surrendered. Atkinson said, ouch. British revelers eager to eager to lawfully let loose won't have to wait, wait much longer, however. Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced Tuesday that bars, restaurants, hotels, hair salons, cinemas, and museums can begin reopening in July with restrictions, the Associated Press reports. You know, here's the thing. is like you can, you can make these things illegal temporarily. You could say, we don't want you to get close to each other. It's like, I'm sorry. Humans are pack animals. 
just like dolphins. Sometimes they fuck each other's blowholes. Wait, no. People, uh, humans are pack animals. We're mammals. All mammals are pack animals. You know, we need social contact. You can't tell people to stay away from each other. That's ridiculous. That's like telling teenagers not to fuck each other. That's ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. I got one more story. Navy brings massive carrier power to Taiwan Strait, South China Sea. Now they bring it. Okay, the U.S. Navy is now operating three aircraft carriers in the Pacific in what appears to be a strong show of force following Chinese movements and comments regarding Taiwan and the South China Sea. The move, which includes the USS Theodore Roosevelt, nice ship, the USS Nimitz, and the USS Ronald Reagan, uh, brings an unusually strong U.S. presence. Presence. The kind of message has not been seen in recent years, and it signals a fa- uh, the fast-increasing significance of U.S. deterrence efforts regarding China. A report in the International Business Times states that the three-carrier mission has not happened in about three years. The development clearly seems to uh, relate to recently increasing tensions between the U.S. and China regarding the coronavirus pandemic and Chinese maritime maneuvers regarding Taiwan and the South China Sea. Chinese officials, according to a report in Beijing's Global Times newspaper, cited China's strong opposition to the movement, saying China could counter counter it by holding military drills and showing its ability and determination to safeguard its territorial integrity. Okay. Uh, The Global Times, a Chinese back paper, also makes specific reference to China's well-known carrier killer, DF-21D and the DF-26 anti-ship missiles. Much has been discussed regarding these weapons, and they are regularly reported to operate within a range of 900 miles, a distance which some say could force U.S. carriers to operate at much further standoff ranges. However, while there is not uh, while there is possi- possibility possibly not very much known about the technical maturity and guidance systems of those weapons, Navy leaders have been clear that these carriers operate uh, anywhere needed in, in international waters. This kind of scenario uh, regularly invites debate, speculation, and strategic discussion regarding the sustained, the sustained functional utility of aircraft carriers. Navy studies consider, uh, cons- consistently explore alternative alternative configurations for future carriers and follow the first of three four ugh, the first three or four Ford class ships now in development. Perhaps the service will engineer smaller faster, more agile carriers, or continue to expand the use of carrier-launched drones with greater ranges. Anyway, so the point of this article is that three carriers have moved into the South China Sea. With everything that's going on in Taiwan and stuff like that, I know you probably don't pay attention to this. I know like most people in America, you're still... you're. We're all so self-focused. We're self-focused on, oh, what America's doing wrong. You're not paying attention to what China's doing wrong. Okay. He's like, you think it's all horrible in here in the United States? It is so goddamn good here that the only thing you could do is make up reasons to tear down statues. You want to live in some 1960s utopia. You want to go to Woodstock and you want to burn your bra. You want to burn your draft card. And you want to be like the romantic era 60s protester. Protesting for civil rights. Guess what? You won that one. You won that one. Civil rights exists. It's here. You want racism out of America? Poof. Magic. It's done. But like any system, there's entropy, and the entropy means that there's always going to be uh, fringe, fringe racists. And believe me, they are running scared. They are running scared. And because of all this hubbub and so forth, you're not even paying attention to what's happening in the rest of the world. You don't even know that these people in Liverpool barricaded themselves inside of a, a pub because they're tired of being stuff, stuck in their stuffy, British apartments. They got to be small. Anyone who lives on an island like Japan or England, they got to have small apartments, right? Space has got to be at a premium. Anyway. (laughs) And so, you know, we got um, once, I forget the commander. I think it was the commander of the TR, of the Theodore Roosevelt. That must have been what I used that other. the, The USS Theodore Roosevelt. I've actually been on that ship. That's a nice ship. They're, their galley was like a 
granted it was brand new at the time. Um, their galley was like a hotel buffet. It was the nicest shipboard galley I've ever been to. It was great. I've been on the USS Enterprise as well, and everything I ate on that ship tasted like jet fuel. And if you wanted a really nice meal, you go over to the Naval Air Station side and go to their galley because that was a nice galley. The air side guys, they got a really nice galley. Anyway, like give you a tour of every, every ship I've ever been on in their food, give you a critique. But the point is, is that, you know, um, when when the ship's commander came out and said, you know, like this, is, this ship has been compromised due to coronavirus and so forth, that sent a signal to China that, oh, you know, oh, one of the carriers is out. And that made us look weak in front of the enemy. And that's why that captain should be fired and, you know, demoted and kicked, kicked out of the Navy. If, you're, if, if it were my call, which it is not. That being said, it's like now they move three aircraft carriers into the South China Sea, because I don't know if you've been reading about what's going on with Taiwan, what's been going on in Hong Kong. You know, China has taken this distraction that the U.S. has distracted itself with, with the coronavirus and the this abs- fake brand new civil rights movement, which is, doesn't mean anything. We're also self-involved that we're letting people get killed in Taiwan or, or I don't know if they're getting killed in Taiwan or, or Hong Kong being silenced by the Chinese. We live in a world, all right? And all these people who are like tearing down statues, protesting things. It's like, do you know how you're just jerking off in public? That's all you're doing. You're jerking off in public. You know, you're tearing down these statues like you're tearing down Saddam Hussein's statue. Do you know how evil Saddam Hussein is, was? I say is like I know he's alive, which he isn't. His sons were, were pretty bad too. You know, and there's a lot of bad people in the world. And guess where many of them are not in the United States? They certainly don't exist in statues. You're so scared of fighting evil that you can only pick on evil inanimate objects. That you imbued with that evil. That you imbued with that hatred. I feel like I kind of want to stop talking. I thought that was a pretty good way to end a rant. Anyway, like I said, this, is, this has been Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman. If you want to email me, e- email me at madman at fxbgpr.com. Um, also, please go over to patreon.com slash fxbgpublicradio. Become a patron and support any other show than mine. I can respect that. But if you want to support my show, you can go to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. I would appreciate it. $3 a month gets you full access to all of our uh, uh, behind our paywall. And we'd really appreciate it. And this has been Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, and I love you.